But I know that the advantages of origami are twofold. <laughs> what? Thank okay. you, Tim Good Vine, job. for that one. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kayla. And I'm Pete. And welcome to How I Hobby. We're two pals and hobby obsessives with over a hundred hobbies between us. And we're always on the lookout for more. Join us as we talk about all of our hobbies. And talk to people we know about their really cool hobbies. Welcome to How I Hobby. In today's episode, we've got a great interview with Connor Baxter, who's pressing all of our nostalgia buttons. But first, Kayla, how do you hobby? Well, Pete, how I hobby is through the Japanese art of origami. Aha! Fantastic stuff, Mm -hmm. origami. So what is origami? Well, origami is the art of folding paper into decorative figures and shapes. Excellent stuff. So how long have you been doing this? So I got into origami. When I was a kid, we had a Japanese exchange student live with us. Right. And we all got along really well. She was only, so it was an English as a second language. Mm -hmm. She was in her twenties at the time. So she had finished university and had come over to learn and perfect uh, the language of English. So she came over and lived with us and she was only supposed to be there for something like six weeks. But We loved her. She loved us. She ended up staying for six months. Um, And one of the things that she taught me was how to make origami. That's fantastic stuff. Mm -hmm. Could you still do it? Yes, I can. I can make... um, So I used to know how to make a crane and a balloon. We have some paper here, folks. Um, Now my claim to fame is I can make a fish. A fish? An origami fish. Fantastic. Um, And actually, I can even do it with my eyes closed. Well, I mean, this is an audio medium, so this is a podcast. So we're now going to. So Kayla has some paper. Yeah. She is now going to make an origami fish. Yeah. So Pete's giving me a piece of paper. I'm just going to prep the paper because origami has to. Um, the paper it has to be a perfect square. So Pete's given me. I'm not sure what size paper this is, but I am just slicing it into a perfect square, which is what you can hear if you're into ASMR. Okay. So we got. A perfect square. So for all of our listeners out there, Pete, you can confirm that my eyes are closed. Your eyes are closed. Okay. Ready? Yes. So uh, just if you're interested to know what I'm doing, I've taken the square and I've folded it diagonally, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to reveal the rest of my secrets. But hopefully, because we are also taking a video of this, you can see what I'm doing. I've just done the first thing. Now I'm doing the second thing. I tell you what, podcast listeners are going to be going wild <laughs> over this. It's never been done before. Origami on a podcast live. Live with someone's eyes closed. So I've just done the <laughs> I've just done the third thing. The third thing has happened, folks. Okay, now I've done the f- I think I'm on four. Okay. Maybe. This is maybe five. I mean, it's not important how many steps I'm doing this in, just the fact that it is happening. It is back Okay, being... I've done a bunch of stuff already. It's, um, <laughs> it's happening right before my it eyes. It is. I wonder if they could see it on the video. I mean, I'm sure they can. Okay, so the interesting thing about making um, an origami fish is it's pretty divisive, Um the definition of origami, some purists will mm-hmm. say, I'm also still doing this, by the way, for all of our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Some purists will say that origami cannot have any tears in the paper. Oh. It, that means that it's not considered origami. However, this fish, trusted source, Japanese trusted source, mm-hmm. taught me how to make this fish, which involves a small tear in the paper. I just saw her doing it, folks. Yeah. I just saw the tear. So, you know, 
you decide where you stand on this fine line. Um, But this one includes a super small rip in the paper. I can feel the tail. I've just done the tail. These is, this is like sort of the back bum area. This is the little forehead. And here we have the fish. Oh my God. It's an actual, there we go, folks. An actual origami fish done here live in the studio by Kayla Lean. This is just tremendous. It looks just like Nemo. It's fantastic. Yeah. So that's my claim to fame. I will do that. Thank you so much. I will make them. I can make them with my eyes closed. It's sort of my party trick. Sometimes if I'm out for dinner, I'll take the receipt of a bill and I'll just make one and leave it on the table for whoever's next. That's fantastic. I love it. That's great. Yeah. All right. Shall we go to our uh, our interview? Yeah, let's Fantastic. do it. Fantastic. All right, let's speak to Connor. Woohoo! All right, so we are here with our beautiful guest. Yeah. Uh, we're here with Connor Baxter. He is an excellent in-demand session guitarist uh, and a pit guitarist on the West End. Uh, he also plays guitar in uh, Verona, a fantastic prog and ambient metal group. But he's here to talk about his exciting hobby. So welcome, Connor. How do you hobby? I modify Game Boys. Cool! Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was just like a, a really good break between, you know, all of the work I'm doing and being self-employed. You're always on the clock and always going, you know, I need to practice, I need to work, I need to work. But um, it slowly helped me develop a way to separate that and have some downtime yep. and not and not worry about it as much. For me, really, it started sort of over pandemic lockdown where everyone started to have a bit more spare time. So mm-hmm. I, I ended up digging in out for you a few boxes of old like games consoles and you know stuff from my childhood and went yeah i've got the time now <laughs> let's um <laughs> let's play a few games you know um and then i sort of felt I, well i missed my old game boy that i had when i was a kid because mm-hmm. um it was the first console that was purely mine yeah. rather than being shared with everyone uh and i loved it i had like pokemon and like the little um game boy camera thing and I, I used to play it for hours and hours and hours. Um, but obviously it disappeared at some point growing up, uh, whether it got sold or, or whatever. Uh, I sir. know, it's always sad because you, you, you never think about it. I mean, you go up and go, oh, where did that go? <laughs> so um, I, I went on eBay. Uh, I found one in the same color. And uh, yeah, I finally got it. I was like, great, this is amazing. But then I realized there was a few, uh, there was a few sort of problems with it. It wasn't like working properly. I started to slowly find people were, were, were fixing them there was quite a lot of knowledge on how to yeah basically fix these old i mean almost 30 year old consoles now jeez oh, um, Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> yeah i know which like is horrible to think about yeah yeah because <laughs> the game boy cut I, I mean that came in like 98 but like the original one came a bit earlier than that yeah. but i started to slowly find that people were, were customizing them as well and doing loads of different things like um, what how do you customize it well, uh, uh, well, I'll try and put one on camera. But um, so this is one of mine. Yeah. So this was the color I had as a kid. Uh-huh. But people will have different color, you know, face plates, control layouts. Um, people make custom buttons out of resin and stuff online that you can order. Basically, it's like, yeah, you can modify any little bit. And that's without even touching the electronics, which is um, another whole sort of rabbit hole in itself. So, um, so is, do you do you do that as well? Do you modify the electronics? 
Yeah, so slowly. So it just became a big hunt for me of going, oh, great, I want to learn more about this. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if you remember having a console like that as a kid or, or younger, but they it wasn't like a smartphone where it has a light. So people have replaced the screens with stuff like smartphone displays so they light oh, up cool. now, um, different types of batteries. Uh, people have put like USB-Cs uh, ports into them, loads wow. of crazy, crazy Fancy. stuff. Connor, and that obviously... Yeah, I'm on, so please. curious about yeah. this. Um, so I remember having a Game Boy, um, mm. and it was the 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 game itself was like this card that you would put in the back. Is that mm. how are you sourcing these games? Like, what games are you playing? What's the market <laughs> look like for that? So it's a bit of a strange one because obviously because they're old now. Some games are still really ready readily available, but some are becoming a bit rarer. So if you've got some old gems, it's definitely worth checking out and seeing what they're going for online. Yeah. Uh, in regards to what I've been playing, I've definitely been playing some more Pokemon again, but also trying to make a bit of a bucket list of going games that I never played as a kid that were maybe highly rated or, you know, people always talked about. So it's been really fun sort of diving into them and seeing if I can get, you know, cheap one on eBay, try it out, sell it on and let someone else enjoy it. Um, But yeah, it's still, it's still those crazy little carts. Yeah. Um, And it's good fun. But even then people make custom ones of those to do, to make their own games. Even now people are making their own games for Game Boy. Do you reckon that's going to be your next step? I have, <laughs> I have dipped and dived into it. Yeah. Uh, there's a few softwares that you can, they've made it a bit more accessible. It's not mm-hmm. just, you know, coding and not seeing anything. It's yeah. a bit almost like making a Wix website in ways, which right. has made it for me anyway, much oh. easier to test the water. That <laughs> is so cool. It is. Though, okay, it? wait, but so it's... to recap this hobby, right? So you're buying these Game Boys. You are then next leveling them you're either make you're you're changing the colors you're changing all the tabs you're potentially going to be creating your own games and then you have what like an armoire filled with all of the ones for personal consumption are you selling them <laughs> are you gifting them what is that how does that work a, a bit of a mix i guess i've been a bit selfish because anyone i've got and i've worked on has been has been you know my new baby yeah. so i've i've got i mean i've got a few here so you won't be able to see it on on audio but these are two of mine. Oh, cool. Fantastic. And then this one is obviously had a bit more done. Um, I had my partner uh, do some drawing on it and did a lot of crazy. This one I've been using to make music with, um, oh, cool. which we'll, we'll branch onto. Yeah, in a yeah, we're going to get onto um, that. Yeah. <laughs> which for me is probably the more fun thing rather than um, making games, which is just way too much for me. And just for me, just learning, uh, becoming more confident with opening up electronics yeah how they work Ooh. and how to how to fix them be green you know it's branched off to a load of load of great skills with that as well yeah because there's been a rise in the 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 um what is it the right to repair oh. movement as well hasn't there yeah. just this, this yeah, idea so people that, like um yeah people are selling selling these you know uh, you know all these you know your, your phone and your stuff like this and like this, this thing that we're recording on now you can't fix it yourself they make yeah. it and they deliberately make it so you can't fix it yourself yeah. so you either have to pay a fortune to get it repaired or buy a new one yeah so there's yeah there's the, the right to repair movement is taking off and you're spearheading it yeah. yeah that's so cool <laughs> But yeah, the, the right to repair thing, as you said, is is a super important movement. And yeah. the interesting thing is everyone in this community of, you know, uh, modifying and hacking and fixing things, they're always sharing ideas and sharing resources yeah. because they all want to make it easy to make these things live longer. So you, know? you haven't that, found that there's, you know, if you're on a forum and you're like, oh God, how do I do this? And you don't get mm. that, oh God, you don't know how to do that. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You don't get any of that. 
No, I found that quite unpleasant. And I've actually sort of made a few friends worldwide through doing it, through like Discord servers and stuff, because they're always sharing stuff and going, oh, you're modifying that? Great. Let me send you some of the bits that I bought months ago. That's oh and people God. will share things. And it's it's amazing. There's like people in America or um, yeah, Norway and stuff like that. That's all over so the world cool. and they're all sharing ideas and yeah gifts and loads of silly things um, yeah. connor what do your family and friends think about this hobby obviously your partner you said has been drawing some really cool things on your consoles for you what what what's what's the vibe what's everyone's reaction to this i think it was it was probably no major surprise to them because they know i've always been a nerdy tinkerer <laughs> who spends too much time on whatever hobby nerdy, or skill he's you know, working sounds on like such a great you nerdy tinkerer i love, <laughs> love it yeah <laughs> Yes, I don't think it was a massive surprise to them, but I've definitely got a few more questions of going, oh, this thing's broken. Can you have a look at it now? <laughs> Which uh, I'm more than happy to do. Um, do you also make your own guitar pedals and effects pedals? I've, yeah, I've tried it a bit because obviously, so as you know, I play guitar pretty much yeah. as a job. Yeah. And I love pedals and effects and making the guitar not sound like the guitar. Guitarists so, do. Yeah, you you guys bought, just I've, collect them. I've been to gigs where there's a guy <laughs> with a, a, a pedal board the size of a snooker table just playing with knobs and everything, and it makes no discernible difference, but they're happy, you know? They love it. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, again, this is just a massive rabbit hole. I love yeah. pedals, but I think nowadays I've started to trim down a bit purely because, as you say, it ends up just being a massive shelf collection of things yeah. you may or may not use. <laughs> but they look pretty, yeah, um, so do. you can't, can't blame people. So the musical aspect brings us on mm. to making music with Game Boys. Yeah. Chip oh, yeah. Tune. Yeah. So have you heard Chip Tune? No. Let me play you some. Please is do. This, yeah. Is this <laughs> so this is, this is one of Connor's track called, is it okay if I play Biscuit? Yeah, sure. Biscuit. Yeah. Okay, so here's, here's Biscuit. All right. Here. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. That is cool. How cool is that? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so many follow-up questions to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's biscuit with the uh, the uh, the first I is a one. Cool. Okay, wait. So Connor, when you when mm. you record that, if mm. you were to hold the Game Boy in your hands, like how are you making those sounds? It they they uses what we call a, a tracker software. Okay. So essentially, it's trying to really dive into how they would have made music for games back in the sort of 80s and 90s, okay. where you didn't have stuff like Pro Tools or Logic, where mm. you can just get your microphone, click record and go, you know, because yeah. uh, the memory limit was so low, you essentially had to use uh, a chip that's in the circuitry, which can make, like a synthesizer, it can make noises, but you need to tell it what it's going to do at any point in time to save space, oh, rather neat. than recording okay. the audio, if that makes sense. So... Someone um, called Johan Kalinsky made a software for a Game Boy. He made a software to put on a on a custom Game Game Boy cartridge. Yeah, as a, as a music tool, made it completely free. You can donate whatever you want to support him. Um, and he's uh, even now he's updating it all the time. Wow! But essentially, what you get, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to show it on the camera. Um, you get a little grid system with loads of numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to imagine, so you've got sort of four instruments, one, two, three, four, because yeah. the Game Boy, it can only make four different noises at any given point. Oh, mm-hmm. That's cool. all you've got. Okay. And all of them, obviously, if you heard there, is either a little bleep, a bloop, 
or or white noise a squelch it's very limiting but it's it's really helped creativity so you're essentially going to go right okay well in this bar of music i'm going to get this one to play that note this one to play that note and i'm going to make it sound like that and that's pretty much all you get so everything you're hearing there is that one is game boy so four individual pieces cool. of sound at any given time oh my god so not only did you find this hobby in covid of just buying these older consoles not only did mm. you did you start buying them not only have you been restoring them not only have you been <laughs> revisiting all your favorite childhood games but you're also now creating music on it <laughs> yeah it's awesome it's, it's so cool that is like 17 hobbies in one that is <laughs> that's like one vehicle by which to have like five different hobbies yeah yeah, yeah. that is As, so cool connor it's value for money hobby yeah. Which actually, there's a good point. Is it expensive? How much yeah. does it cost to do this hobby? It, it can be. It yeah. can be. It depends on what you're doing. You know, if you want to do the sort of screen upgrades and stuff like that. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be crazy because these fit, you know, I imagine a lot of people still have them in their attic, hidden away yeah. in a drawer, you know. So it's really accessible to get into. What advice would you give to somebody like myself who barely knows one end of a soldering iron from the other. Mm. I'm utterly terrible. Mm. There, there are kits made that, that require no soldering whatsoever as well. So mm-hmm. as I say, it depends on where you want to go. So you can get, you know, for some of these, they'll, they'll basically go, that's fine if you can't solder. We'll make a, a slightly bigger kit, unscrew it, plop it in, Done. and there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Connor, I would love to know, what has this new hobby taught you about life or about yourself? Uh, I think the biggest thing is probably that it's probably for me separating work and, and hobby because I, cause I work as a musician, which obviously for the longest time was my hobby. It was just the thing that I was addicted to and just wanted to do every single day going up um, and mixing that, that pleasure with work. It, it can get a bit gritting sometimes because you're always worrying about what you should be doing next and how much you should be working and not switching off. I think the, the most valuable thing for me was this was a completely separate hobby hmm. mm-hmm. that one I wasn't very good at. It was a completely new skill with the electronics. Um, and it's just been really refreshing to just learn something completely new and different uh, and see sort of how it's affected my other parts of life as well. Like it's made me a lot more handy around the house, believe it or not, <laughs> which cool. I probably wasn't before, um, especially with us. Yeah. Moving recently, it's been yeah. a, a bit nicer for the DIY and going, Okay, yeah, I think I can. I think I can tackle this. We'll do a bit of homework. Yeah. So, I yeah, both that, that. splitting time so cool. and relaxing, and just being more confident with trying new things, basically. And has this sparked any other? Even though this is now like this tentacle hobby that has all these ancillary hobbies that are spewing <laughs> out of it, but are there other hobbies that you have in mind in the pipeline? Whether it's in conjunction with this or just something that you have your eye on, any new hobbies maybe on the horizon for you? Possibly. I've, yeah. There's. There's after doing this there's much more things i want to try now and just go just do it just do it so one thing i would like to try later in the year is stuff like live streaming and trying to combine some of these things i've been reading up a lot about that and stuff like obs at the moment yeah um because i'd love to be able to do some like virtual live performances or sharing you know the hobby modding the game boy with a community or something silly like that yeah so in a sense that's sort of a hobby but also recording more music and trying to bring guitar music with Game Boy music. That would be the big, 
next oh, thing for me to try it. and Can't bring wait. together. Cool. So <laughs> it's not like we're going to see you like um, building your own bicycle and doing the Tour de France. That's not necessarily on the horizon. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I think I sit in my bedroom a bit too much for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of something that's like so different from your Where current. Where did that come from? It's just different from your current Where? hobby. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Or like building a ship and sailing. <laughs> building a ship. <laughs> or like learning how to make um, pasta. I don't know. Something different. I'm wondering. Or or these. Or is your next hobby still going to be in the vein of music? It sounds like. It's yeah. No. I guess you're right. I guess. I guess because I've got a very big healthy hobby at the moment. Yeah. I'm a bit too scared because I know as soon as I read about something new, I'm like, oh great, I'll put, I'll bookmark that. Yeah. And I'll read about it for the next two weeks. So yeah. that'll be. So I have to try and be a bit disciplined now. Now I've got. Now I've learned how to split that time. I've got to make sure I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much on exactly. That. So, Connor, why should people try your hobby? If you've got one line in your house, mm-hmm. in an attic or a drawer, why why not? It's just sitting there, you know? It's a perfect opportunity to get it out, blow the dust off, and try and get some of that nostalgia flowing. Um, you know, it might it might just work as it is. If it does, great. You can just play it, buy some games. Or, if you wanted to, you could try modern it. You could just buy a new shell for, like, five, eight pounds, get a screwdriver and just make it look different. Or you could go completely crazy uh, like me and and do loads of crazy, crazy stuff with it. And it doesn't have to be a Game Boy. It could be any of those consoles going up. People were still modern, more modern consoles like 3DSs, um, you know, GameCubes and stuff like that, which are just a bit older. So there's a big community for any console you can think of. If you Google enough, there's a community telling you how to do loads of fun stuff with it. Cool. Okay. So your call out is to all hoarders out there that seem <laughs> yeah. to have ancient technology still in their attic. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, this is for them. You can resurrect it. You can resurrect. I love that. Okay, I cool. Think so. um, Connor, this has been so cool. Yeah. I have learned what, what the definition of modding a Game Boy is. Yes. I have learned mm. all the different ways that you can mod it, mm-hmm. that you can add to it that you can use it as a vehicle by which to do other things. Um, while I don't know if this hobby is going to be next on my list, it feels like it might be next on yours. Oh, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to investigate it. And I also love how like this hobby has now helped you kind of separate work and play and Mm -hmm. how it's, you know, it sounds like it's like sparked all these other, um, intellectually stimulating sort of aspects of, curiosity really yeah, yeah. which i think is mm. why a lot of people gravitate towards different kinds of hobbies yeah, yeah, definitely. um this has been so cool it's been fantastic so connor where where can people find you on uh, online or, or or i mean not necessarily in the real world that might be a bit weird but yeah where can people <laughs> find you uh i mean the two main places you'll grab me is probably instagram and youtube so instagram it's uh connor baxter music mm-hmm. right and then youtube uh, it's connor baxter or connor baxter music normally puts you there much easier and you'll find loads of, yeah, a big mix of guitar music, Game Boy Modern, Instagram. You'll get stories of if I'm ever fixing something, yeah. you'll get, yeah. I, yeah, I've, I've intro- enjoyed trying to do stories of going, oh, great, we're fixing this thing. How did I do it? What, what, what tools did I need? And that's been quite fun to make. So, yeah, definitely have a look there. Brilliant. Well, Connor, it's been fantastic speaking to you. And uh, yeah, you too. Yeah. Cheers for having me, gang. Not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah. So, yeah, stay in touch. Yeah. Everybody, check out Connor. Yeah. Um, check out Connor. Yeah, because that music's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Connor Baxter. Yeah. All right, Connor. Great to see you. Toodles. See ya. Bye. See you soon. Bye bye. 
That was our interview with Connor Baxter. We had a blast. Hope you did too. But before we go, we want to share this week's celebrity hobby. Drum roll. <laughs> did you know Penelope Cruz collects coat hangers? <laughs> Wow, that's so cool. Is it? Wow, okay. That's a wrap. Yes. I've been Pete. And I've been Kayla. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us much easier to find. And follow us on Instagram at HowIHobby. See you next time. Toodles! How I Hobby was written and produced by Kayla Lean and Pete Faulkner, with music by Pete Faulkner, artwork by Laura Walsh, and animation by Kayla Lean. If you'd like to be featured on the pod, find us on Instagram or email us at howihobby at gmail.com.